0: Please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham GSM Matthews and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio.
1: WrestleRant Radio for a rare Friday episode, January 12, 2024, of And that is you're being joined, as always, by the illustrious, the one, the only, Mr. Marcel. RJ, brother, what's going on? Doing good. How are you? Doing excellent here on a rare Friday episode, as we mentioned, and that kind of gives us more of a chance to lay back and get some of the news that we missed from yesterday. Although this is one of those weeks where no major stories broke on Thursday, so it wouldn't really made much of a difference if we recorded yesterday between today and yesterday, as far as the, what we're going to be talking about here today. Uh, not too too much, but I did want to get into the newly made fatal four way match being announced for the Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns defending against AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and LA Knight and the new rumor coming out of the Wrestling Observer Radio newsletter, whatever it might have been for Meltzer last night, and take this with a grain of salt, Roman Reigns apparently not working. Elimination Chamber. I'm going to have some thoughts on that momentarily. We have a new NXT North American champion, uh, Twittergate with Tony Khan and Jinder Mahal the other day in Hook. I mean, he was the only one that didn't actually get in on it, but uh, we're going to be talking a lot about that coming up. And ta- Speaking of gender, he's getting a World Heavyweight Championship opportunity this coming Monday on Raw. Have some thoughts on that as well. Some Elimination Chamber matches being set up earlier this week on Raw. And some thoughts on Dynamite as well. All that and much, much more coming on the show here today. Uh, new episodes every single Thursday, usually, if not just every single week on WrestleRant.com. Every, uh, every single week on WrestleRantRadio.com as well. iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single week. But uh, Mr. Marceau, let's get right into it here. i got to get your thoughts on the newly made Fatal 4-Way match as of a week ago. It's a bit of old news by the time we're talking now by the time this goes up. We have a Fatal 4-Way match coming up at the Royal Rumble for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Roman Reigns taking on, as I mentioned earlier, AJ Styles. He's taking on LA Knight. He's taking on Randy Orton. So your thoughts in the matchup, because I thought it was going to be Roman Reigns and Randy Orton, which would have been equally entertaining, but this definitely creates more intrigue surrounding the outcome, which we'll get to in a second, as far as what this might mean for Roman's run, heading it on into WrestleMania, his road to WrestleMania. Uh, but your thoughts in the matchup being made official for the Royal Rumble? I like it. I
0: think what they did on SmackDown with the triple threat was good. I loved at the end when Roman came out. Just like the aura of him walking out and just solo and, and Jimmy and him just beating them up and... And with Nick Aldis not going too out of control, him just going over to Heyman like, "Hey, just want to let you know, now it's a triple threat or a fatal four-way at Royal Rumble," and then Heyman made like that oh shit face. So I think it was set up well. I, I've heard rumors that they don't want Orton losing so early from coming back, so maybe that's why they're doing the the fatal four-way. But uh, I think it. I think all three guys are deserving of a title match, so I I don't hate it being a fatal
1: four-way. You mentioned it right there, that was the primary reason reportedly why they made it a four-way, because they don't want Orton losing so soon after his return, and in the four-way, it's probably, let's face it, going to be LA Knight getting the pinfall loss here, if not AJ Styles, but probably LA Knight, who has already lost the Roman Reigns once before, at Crown Jewel. And Logan Paul is probably in jeopardy of losing his United States Championship to LA Knight at WrestleMania, so LA Knight is bound to rebound come WrestleMania, Um, not a great sign for Ellie Knight in the interim, but I assume they can hopefully make up for it. But like I said, by again, having him win the United States championship at WrestleMania. But this does create a question of, and I saw a lot of people saying this coming out of SmackDown last week. It makes me worried because I thought the same thing. They're doing a four way. So they don't have to pin Randy Orton, blah, blah, blah. There is surely no way they would take the championship off of Roman Reigns this close to WrestleMania, right? Like I didn't think so. I still don't think so, but people are batting around the idea of Bully Ray being one of them with one of the worst takes I've ever heard, but Randy Orton becoming champion at the Royal Rumble. And that wasn't one of his takes. I mean, that was one of them, but it wasn't the main one. That was another one, which we'll get to in a second. But um, he had mentioned Orton maybe winning the championship at the Royal Rumble, setting up Rock and Roman for WrestleMania non-title, and Cody and Randy Orton. I'm actually kind of concerned how many people are on board with this idea. And maybe you are as well, but I feel like it would be insanely stupid to take the belt off of Roman at this point before we even get to WrestleMania and rush into Randy and Cody on a two-months build when they're on separate shows, which, I mean, I guess if Cody wins the Rumble, it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know how you would set that up. Maybe Cody wins the Elimination Chamber. Probably the same way they're going to set up Cody and Roman for WrestleMania, so there's really no issue there. I just don't really want to see them rush into that at WrestleMania when that can be saved for another time, when one of them turns heel, probably Randy Orton. I just completely hate the idea of Randy winning the championship at Rumble. Even Knight or AJ Styles, I think it would be insanely stupid, like I said, to have Roman lose the championship at this point. Do you agree, or do you think there's a chance we could see a new champion crowned in that matchup?
0: I guess it really just depends on what they plan on doing at WrestleMania. I mean, if it's going to be Roman and Rock for the belt, then what do you do with Cody at that point? Um, I think if Randy... Like are they gonna have like that's I guess that's what my question would be if they not if the plan now is to do Roman and Rock at WrestleMania, then where does Cody fit in? So maybe if they're doing that and they like you said they don't want to put the belt on the line, then Randy wins the belt versus Him and Cody, like I said, it is definitely a rush. It could be uh, a further long build than this, but I mean it's that. When's if like I said, if that's the plan to do Rock and Roman instead of Rock uh, Roman and Cody, then. I mean, you gotta do something with Cody at that point. And I think versus Randy for the belt would obviously be a bigger deal than versus Randy for nothing. So I don't love the idea. Um, I mean, I guess you could have Randy beat someone that's not Roman, and then I don't know, Roman technically didn't lose. And then I don't know. I just feel like the whole point is Roman's supposed to like Cody's. Like the whole story is Cody beating Roman, and not beating Randy. Yeah. I mean, I guess they have some. They do have. History obviously with legacy and they've all that stuff. So I get that to a point, but I mean, why would Co- like I guess this, there's no story right now. Like, if anything, like Cody asked Randy to come back, so like to join them in a War Games. So like, what would his beef against Randy really be? That he, I guess, the only thing I think is like he finished the story. He's the one that beat wrong. Like, that's the only thing I can think of right now is like Cody would then have to like I guess be healed because he'd be mad that like Randy finished his story. Before Cody could. I don't know. I just, realistically, I don't want to see that. I'd rather just do Cody and, and, and Roman at WrestleMania. Um, it kind of just leads into your weekly complaint for the last year of, this is why <laughs> Roman should have lost. I'm yep. starting to kind of see the light a little bit more on this, but uh, yeah, I don't want to see Rock. I don't think Randy should beat Ro- Roman just to do him or Cody for the belt.
1: I just think it'd be dumb if Cody beat. Randy Orton for the championship, or The Rock, if Roman Reigns loses the championship to Randy Orton, or The Rock, or my next door neighbor, or whoever, I just think it would be dumb to then waste that opportunity to not have him lose to Cody Rhodes. And it's not Cody Rhodes ride or die, I mean it is to a certain degree, but I mean, if there was another option that was equally intriguing, then I might be open to the possibility. Like, if there was another young up-and-comer, like LA Knight, for example, I feel like I mean, not at the Royal Rumble at this I mean, they already did that match at Crown Jewel, so that's not happening. But someone like an LA Knight who was an up-and-comer and someone that could really benefit from beating Roman Reigns, I'd be on board with that. I just feel like that's such a wasted opportunity for two reasons. One, if you were to have Roman lose the championship at the Royal Rumble in a fucking fatal four-way after being undefeated one-on-one for years, I guess you could keep that going but end the championship reign? No, I feel like it kind of goes hand-in-hand. He should be beaten one-on-one, for the championship. I know he was already pinned by Jay last summer at Money in the Bank. I get it. But I think when he drops the championship, it should be one-on-one. That's issue number one. Issue number two is having him lose it to Randy Orton, I feel like. I know Orton is hot as hell right now, and he's super over, and people love Randy. I think Randy's doing great stuff. I'm glad he's back. But I think this run, having held the championship for almost four fucking years, should be used to elevate or further someone else's career. Now, I know Cody Rhodes is already a made guy, I understand that, but he's never won a world championship in WWE. Yeah, he main evented WrestleMania, but beyond that, he's not as much of a made guy as Randy Orton is. If Cody doesn't win the championship here, he will at some other point. But I feel like that's the, they have to avenge the loss with Cody losing to Roman last year. You can't just have Roman beat Cody and then move on and never go back to it anytime could, soon. I just feel like could, that'd be dumb, right? Or could no? Could
0: you do something... Like I said, I don't want this to happen, but if it did go this direction... Could you have Cody beat Randy for the belt? You do Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. Where Roman wins, and then you do Cody, who's still champion at the time, him versus Roman at SummerSlam. But he'd be the champion, and Roman would be challenging.
1: I like that more than most. And then
0: he could then beat Roman. Yeah. And then, technically, Roman never lost the belt one on one. But then when he tried to get the belt back, he lost to Cody.
1: Yeah, no, listen, I think that's better than most ideas I've heard, but I just still think it would be a wasted opportunity. You're right, he would eventually beat Roman, so that does check that box. I just think the moment of Roman losing the championship itself and not finally losing one-on-one, I just feel like it should all be tied into one, personally. I wasn't even really a big fan of the fact that he got pinned last year, but that's fine, they wanted to build up Jey Uso and made for a great moment, so I really can't complain too much. It wasn't one-on-one, whatever. Um, I just feel like the moment of him losing the championship, one should come at WrestleMania because it's a massive moment, should close out WrestleMania, and two, well, a couple things, like I said, I really don't want Orton being the one to end the run, because Orton just getting a two month run, you would probably have to turn him heel for that Cody match, because both being babyfaces to me just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you would have to turn one of them heel, and I don't think either one of them should turn heel right now. And three, if you are to do Rock and Roman at Mania, that's a bigger match than Cody and Randy at WrestleMania. It just is. So you would probably have Rollins and Punk main eventing night one, and then Cody's big title win coming at WrestleMania is going to happen before Rock and Roman, which is going to go on last, and Roman winning, it's like, all right, he lost the championship, but he ends up winning in the end by beating The Rock. That's that's my issue there with that scenario.
0: No, yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't think, I, like I said, I don't want this to happen, but I guess, like, If I could, if it had to happen, my reasoning would be, like, what I would want to see. I would want Cody to win the belt and then beat Roman at SummerSlam.
1: I'll tell you this much, it's better than having The Rock win the fucking championship. That's what Bully Ray proposed on Busted Open Radio the other day. He said, you do Rock and Roman at Elimination Chamber, which I'm like, oh, okay, you got me here. And then he goes, well, Rock wins. I'm like, okay, you lost me. (laughs) You lost me there. And then you do Rock, Roman, and Cody in a triple threat at WrestleMania with Cody pinning The Rock. For the championship. No. Absolutely not. Because then you're wasting the Roman run on the fucking rock. Yeah, Cody becomes champion in the end anyway. But he has no issues with the rock. I mean, that match... It's not like it's a, a standard triple threat with it where everyone has issues with each other. It's typically better if there's... I Well, like... A couple of years ago, th- there were two babyfaces and a heel. That being Roman Reigns, Edge, and Bryan. Edge and Bryan... I think Edge was more of a tweener at that point. But he was basically a babyface. He got cheered in the match... I was there in the building, people went nuts for him. Um, but they all had issues with each other. Edge and Bryan ended up establishing their own issues as well. I doubt we see Cody and The Rock really establish much of an issue together. I don't know, that's not really the main... That doesn't seem like a nice match on paper anyway. I know it's a triple threat, it could protect Rock. I don't need to see Rock in the ring for more than just one match. I just want to see Rock and Roman one time, Roman goes over. That's ridiculous. Like If you have Rock beat Roman... That would mean we would have to get another match between the two beyond the triple threat so Rock could lose to Roman to make sense of that because having him just beat Roman and move on would be insanely stupid, like I said earlier. Um, and I, listen, I know Rock and Roman at the Chamber, to kind of play devil's advocate with what I was saying earlier, that would be rushed. Like I said earlier, You know, Cody and Orton would be rushed if they did it at WrestleMania. Rock and Roman will absolutely be rushed if they do it at Elimination Chamber. But I think even though it's a big money match, I think people have such... They're dead set on it happening at WrestleMania for some reason where I just don't really think it needs to. I feel like that's such a short-term gain for a long-term loss. Because if he goes on to WrestleMania as champion, Roman Reigns that is, and he faces The Rock for the championship, beats The Rock, you asked what does Cody do? They could have Cody face Drew McIntyre. I want to see that match, but not at WrestleMania. That's a complete colossal waste of Cody Rhodes if there's nothing on the line. Um, I would understand that. But then you got Roman as champion for another six months to a year. I don't think he's losing it at SummerSlam. I don't think he's losing it at the Poughkeepsie House Show in October. He's not losing it until WrestleMania 41. We don't need a champion for another year. That's my bottom line here, I think.
0: No, I completely
1: agree. And Roman Reigns reportedly, per the Wrestling Observer Radio, like I said, not working Elimination Chamber, apparently. That news broke earlier today. I'm not going to say... Not everything Meltzer said is, he says, is is the gospel truth. I mean, sometimes he just kind of goes off of what he speculates, and people take it as report, so I'm not even completely burying him. But he had said last night or earlier today, as of Friday when we're speaking right now, that Roman Reigns is not currently slated to appear or compete at Elimination Chamber, which I would find very hard to believe. If they're bringing this guy in for the Saudi shows, why would they not bring him in for an equally big, if not bigger, Australia show their first Australia show in over five years. It's a massive stadium show on the road to WrestleMania. I mean, the guy defended the fucking title in front of 10,000 people in Montreal last year. What would be any different about this? This is a far bigger deal than that was. Um, so that also kind of puts the rock and Roman rumors in jeopardy as well. I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, they're going to, like you said, they're going to Perth. It's supposed to be this big show. Roman out on it. It does not make any sense to me. Um, I guess if they just think Rhea's just a big F star, they don't need Roman there, but I think Roman not being on that show is a massive mistake.
1: If that's true and we'll find out after the Royal Rumble whether he will be on that show or not, that means we're not getting Rock and Roman on that show. What do you think Rock would be referring to when he says on Instagram, oh, we're just getting started, it's going to be a fun ride, we're going to do things we've never done before, and I guess that includes, you know, going off on Jinder Mahal and doing the whole USA shtick that we've seen a million times for the last 30 years. I mean... That was groundbreaking to me, I suppose, and now he's going on Twitter and Instagram saying, oh, we're going to make history with what we're about to do, all these, like, you know, hyperboles and shit. I'm like, what are you you saying, dude? Like, why are you making these comments that really won't live up to the hype? I know you're going to do the match at some point, but I doubt it's going to be an instant classic. Maybe it will be. Maybe it could be. I don't think it will be. Um... I don't know, I just, I kind of get worried when I see him saying this sort of stuff, because it kind of makes me think we might be getting the match at Mania, which I feel like would be a massive mistake. Which means that either A, they're taking the belt off of Roman before WrestleMania, which would be very fucking dumb, or B, that with Cody Rhodes and uh, Roman Reigns, they're going to hold off on that for another time. You can't wait until WrestleMania 41. We do not need Roman Reigns as champion for any further past WrestleMania. I know we already talked about it last week, but I'll mention it one more time. The Hulk Hogan record means absolutely nothing to me. I know we talked about last year, the 1,000-day run thing. I know you had made the case that you could put it on a T-shirt. You're right, and they did, and they made a lot of money. <laughs> they did, and they put they made a lot of money off that merchandise. Are we just going to keep moving the goalpost until, like, all right, he broke Hogan's record, but Bruno's isn't far off? Like, when when does this end?
0: I, I, I don't know. I mean, I... <laughs> I really want to end, like you said I don't want it to end before Wrestlemania but I don't want to hold the belt after Wrestlemania him and Rock for the belt no thanks
1: do <sighs> you think him ending Hogan's record the second run is really all that important that's my question no I guess. because no
0: one knows no one cares
1: That the internet cares a lot of people on the internet apparently seem to care
0: but like the one that he just broke, it's like it's uh, he just broke one recently. He but it's did. like he's the longest champion in like thirty years. Like okay, but the, uh, also I feel like it's nice and all, but he also hasn't defended the belt like ever. So it, it's like it's like a catch twenty two because like it's good that he's held the belt as long as he has, but he also hasn't defended it. So it's like no, they're becoming okay. less
1: and less frequent. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I mean, at this rate, who who knows? But. I, I I I think most people are are tired and ready for it to be over with.
1: I just don't really see what it accomplishes though, because it's not like it's the if it's the all time record we can have a, we can have a debate about that. It's not though, because people saying oh they want to erase Hulk Hogan from the record books. Yeah, that's why they trot him out there every year for WrestleMania to make appearances and stuff. Like what are you talking about? They're not trying to erase Hulk Hogan. I know they want to refresh their record books and stuff, but enough is enough. I mean him ending. Hogan's second run, oh, whoop, did he fucking do? He moved from fourth on the list to third. Like, again, who cares? He's not going to break number one, hopefully. <laughs> he's not going to be champion until 2028. So why hold off any longer? I mean, oh, my God. I just I just can't with these people thinking, I mean,
0: oh. He, he, if he passed Hogan, he still has, like, 700 days to pass Bob on. That's another two years. No thanks.
1: But, yeah, exactly. So he's not going to break those records. If he just breaks Hogan's record... What's the difference, though? I had a lot of people talking to me about it on Twitter last week, saying, well, if he beats Hogan's, he's the longest-reigning champion of the modern era. What does the modern era even fucking mean? He's already the longest-reigning champion of the modern era. He's been champion for almost four years! Who else has held a fucking title in any promotion for four years in the last 30 years since Hogan? Okay, so he beats Hogan's record. He's the longest-reigning champion since Bob Backlund. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Just to beat Hogan's record? It's a fucking... It, it's, a, it's an imaginary number. It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. We've gotten it... The 1,000 days thing doesn't even matter really either. But we, di- we did it. We got past it. You can't change it now. Whatever. We're here now. Let's stop moving the goalposts to have Roman Reigns break more records. No one gives a shit. And I'm all about the records. I love the records. I do. I'm sick of this shit, though. We need a full-time champion so we can all just move on from this crap. The Rock and Roman thing doesn't... I mean, I'm excited for it, but... Oh, man, I don't know. I don't think the Rock and Roman stuff, for as much money as it can make, I get it, should not come at the expense of Cody Rhodes and the rest of the roster. People have such narrow-minded vision for, like, oh, this is going to benefit the product and the show so much to do Rock and Roman. I mean, I guess, even though they're never going to be on the shows (laughs) to promote the match, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. But two, it's like, okay, you have Rock beat Roman, or Roman beat Rock, rather, and Rock should not beat Roman, but you have Roman beat Rock. Where's the benefit? Roman's already a legend at this point. He he doesn't even need need to really even beat The Rock. He already beat The Undertaker and John Cena and all these other people. Him beating The Rock doesn't really accomplish anything. It it accomplishes nothing long-term. Not everything needs to accomplish something, I get that. But I just feel like, in this case, to do it comes at the expense of everything else. And I feel like delaying Cody Rhodes' stuff, or whoever beats Roman for the championship until next year... I mean, that's just... I mean, it was already ridiculous that he's been champion for this long. That'll make it ten times worse, I think.
0: Yeah, at this point, I'm ready for it to be over.
1: Rock becoming champion is not an option. Don't anyone even say that. Bully Ray needs to stop with that nonsense. Thank God he isn't given the book. That's just one of the worst things I've ever heard. And Orton becoming champion with the idea that you pitched that maybe if they do it that way, I like that better than most scenarios, but I still wouldn't even want to see that either because I just feel like... I don't know. I feel like Cody's got to beat Roman for the championship and giving Orton a two-month reign doesn't really do him justice. He's clearly just a transitional champion at that point. He doesn't deserve that. I don't know. Just have Roman win it at Royal Rumble and, uh, you know, having him lose it without getting pinned is just ridiculous. To have the belt on him for four years, again, it it goes both ways because then you're probably thinking, well, you're complaining about Roman being champion for so long, why not have him lose it? they got to do it right, though. you got to stick the landing here. They've been champion for so long... Roman Reigns, that is, they gotta they gotta figure this out and really nail it and make sure it's done properly. Because if it's not, it's gonna be a big problem.
0: Yeah, no, I like you said, it, it's it's kind of like it's like a catch point too. It's like you want to get, lose the belt, but it's like I feel like it has to be the right like right scenario. Yeah. Rock winning is not a like is not a scenario in this. I don't want to see it. Don't need to see it. No, thank you. Like you said. Roman beating Rock at this point just so like another notch on the belt doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. He's already made, like, Roman Reigns is a main man at this point, so him beating Rock, cool, but like he's beaten like literally everyone else. Yeah. So, to me, it's time, move on, have him lose the belt, and then we'll just go on with our day.
1: I'm looking forward to the fatal four-way. I hope Roman Reigns retains so we can set up him and Cody for WrestleMania. That's all I'll say on that one for now. Well, I guess we'll see at the Royal Rumble what they do, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of potential scenarios as it plays out, like you mentioned. I think the only one that really makes the most sense is doing Cody and Roman at WrestleMania. The Rock can, I mean, I don't know. Even The Rock costing Roman the championship is also very dumb. I, if if he were to come out to thwart the interference of Solo and Jimmy, then cool. But if, Cody's about, if Roman's about to win and the bloodline isn't out there, and The Rock comes out to cost Roman the championship, it takes away from Cody's moment. Like, again, you really need to nail this thing. And there's only one outcome that makes sense. And I hope they go that direction, but nothing set in stone until we get there. Uh, Quick thoughts on this. Nothing, you know, too major. But it did happen on NXT this week. I want to get your thoughts on it. We got a new NXT North American champion. Dragon Lee was only champion for less than a month. They're already losing the championship to NXT Men's Breakout Tournament winner Obafemi. Now, he did debut on NXT TV about a year ago for one match. I think at their spring break-in show. Disappeared. Resurfaced in the tournament. Won the whole thing. And then a week later is now champion. Uh, people are really happy to see this, and I'm happy for the guy. He seems like he does have potential. But we were talking, I think, a week or two ago, maybe not here on the show, he's just too green. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to give this a shot to see if it works, but he seems way too inexperienced to be rushing him into a championship title run. So I thought it was a cool moment, and they needed to get the championship off of the SmackDown guy because Dragon Lee's not a full-time NXT talent. He needed to move on to the main roster, which is where he already was before he won the championship. I just don't know if Femi was the right guy for the job.
0: Yeah, I was pretty surprised that he just like, cashed in his opportunity so quick. Uh, we discussed it last week. I was pulling for Raleigh Osborne to beat him. I just feel like, like I said, he's just, I like, I think Obafemi definitely has the potential. He's just very green. Um, looking at it here, he's only 22 years old, so definitely wow. a young, young guy. Oh, my God. Um, and, like, he has, like, the collegiate background. He's a track and field guy, but, uh, I, I just like I said I maybe I think with him specifically you can he's good enough that I feel like he could just like be like a monster here on squash people, mm-hmm. um, but I mean like I said he's also twenty two years old he can move it's not like he's like the old and like he's just so big he can't move like he does have some good like agility and movement I just think he like you said he's just super green he just got he got signed like a year ago, um, so we'll see. Um, I like, like you said, that he he beat Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee's a SmackDown guy. Shouldn't be holding the belt. So I like that. Um, but, yeah. I was honestly I was just surprised how quick he, he, like, cashed in his opportunity. But I'm glad he won, and uh, we'll see what
1: happens here. It was pretty funny they put Lexus King in the tournament. He loses the tournament in, like, the semifinals, and then he gets a title shot anyway on Tuesday, and he lost that, too. Like, what a loser this guy's turned out to be so far.
0: Lexus yeah, King, that is. He's not really working right now. I don't, it's. I just, people say it's just like his, he just lacks, I don't know if he lacks charisma, it just doesn't feel authentic, I don't really know where to put my finger on it, Mm -hmm. like, I think he's a good enough worker, but the character just is not there, and like I said, his charisma is just kind of off.
1: Yeah, they need to more, they need to work on that more, and that's what developmental is for, obviously, he didn't go right to the main roster for a reason, and they shouldn't have anyway, but... Um, I I like Lexus King. I like Brian Pillman Jr. I'm glad they gave him an opportunity. I was very happy when they signed him, and I hope he can become a star there. But um, so far, I mean, in addition to the development just not being what it should be, I think, is like even the match with Carmelo Hayes was probably Carmelo's weakest PLE match in NXT ever. And it wasn't a bad match, but it was just kind of average. He seems just kind of average in the ring, and then his character stuff doesn't really make up for it right now. Um, The way they've booked him is just weird. Like, they've booked him to lose more than I thought they would, which is interesting, so... Maybe they're just kind of going through an initiation process with him. I don't really know. Uh, But Oba Femi is the new champion. I'm willing to give it a shot. And uh, we'll see where it goes and how he progresses from here. i got to mention this, though. This was the other big talking point from the past week. Tony Khan's Twitter meltdown. Now, just to give some background here, on Monday during Raw, when Jinder Mahal, which I'll also get to, um, was announced as the number one contender to the World Heavyweight Championship next week on Raw against Seth Rollins, Raj Geary, uh, former of Wrestling Inc., Former formerly of Wrestling Inc., had tweeted a picture of the two and said, Oh, these two have history from NXT. For whatever reason, I don't know why, the USA Network Twitter account responded and said, Well, what did that match from NXT in 2012 get on cage match? And he was referring to what Tony Khan said on that press conference call a few weeks ago before World's End when he was talking about how the recent shows of Dynamite have scored the highest ratings ever for any AEW show. On cage match, which is where wrestling fans like it's, it seems like Rotten Tomatoes for wrestling fans, for these shows where they can rate shows. And I've never really used it myself personally, but I guess it's been around for a long time. And wrestling fans review the shows, give their thoughts on it, and give them uh, a rating from like one to ten type of thing. So USA Network kind of got a subtle shot in there on Tony Khan. He responds, not really taking a shot at them or like what can you really say about a faceless person uh, behind a Twitter account like some intern that works at USA Network. But Tony Khan, quote-tweeted it, saw this the following day, and I can't really say go off, that might be being a bit traumatic, but he was mentioning how, oh, well, you're basically, in so many words, um, well, your number one contender to the World Heavyweight Championship hasn't won a televised match in the last two years, which is true. And just kind of talking about that, whereas with Hook, uh, people were complaining about him because he called out Samoa Joe for a title shot, which some people did have an issue with, and I don't really care one way or the other. Um, but he is 28-1, and he called out Joe for a title shot next week on Dynamite. Tony Khan said, outrage. But when Jinder Mahal gets a title shot, no outrage. I don't know what part of Twitter he's on, I know there's a lot of people flooding his mentions, shitting on AEW, and sometimes justifiably so, but a lot of the time, people who just don't like AEW will flood his mentions just saying, you're the worst, this is awful, that everything you do is the worst. I feel like he gets clouded by those people's judgment, thinking that's what everyone else is thinking, when that is the farthest thing from the truth. Anyone with any sensible logic on wrestling may have an issue with the hook stuff, but they would definitely have an issue with the Jinder Mahal stuff. I mean, I definitely had an issue with the Jinder Mahal stuff, and we'll get to that. But Tony Khan responding the way that he did, one, not even being accurate, and two, the fact that he commented at all, getting himself in more deep water for shit that he says on Twitter is just... To say the very least, a very bad look. So, what was your uh, assessment of the situation?
0: So, as normal, I was just on Twitter. See it come <laughs> up. I'm like, this, this has to be the This is how I found account. out
1: about it, by the way, through you. You were the one that told me about it.
0: So, usually, I feel like I see an account that's like a, like a parody account. And it has like the same picture that he uses for his normal account. Yeah. So, I see the tweet. I'm like, this has to be a parody account. Go over to it. Nope, this is the real deal. And I'm like, why? I just don't understand that, and people like I don't understand why fans can be upset, but he can't. Like, dude, he's the owner of the company. That's like another owner of like a sports team agreeing with someone else. To be like, well, actually, this player sucks. Like, they would never do that. Yeah. Because it makes no freaking sense, and it's just I just I just don't get Tony. I, he's a nice guy, but just they talk about Brian Danielson finding people for. Their, their twitter use and stuff They need to find tony con because jesus crow the stuff that he tweets oh i mean they need to take his phone away i just i just really don't get it i mean it was a like you said a nameless person behind the usa network's like twitter account i mean i condemn them they're nice smart ass i thought the comment was hilarious but uh <laughs> yes. um i just feel like him going off like dude what are you doing
1: yeah, it was just questionable. I mean, this is not the first time this has happened. It's far from the first time. This is a recurring pattern with this guy. The bottom line is the guy's just got to lock off of social media. I just don't think he can take it. And uh, I'm not calling him like, oh, he's soft or anything. I'm just saying, not that he can't take criticism, but, like, he goes off at the dumbest things. Like, he went off, he was clearly bothered by the cage match comment, even though it was funny. And what's funny about the cage match comment the Twitter account, the USA Network Twitter account didn't mention this. But Tony Khan was boasting about Cage Match and how they, he uses that as a like, fucking Bible for how great of his, his shows are. And it seems like if you look at his likes on Twitter, he only really looks at the positive feedback that his shows get, even when they're not the greatest. And I, I enjoyed Dynamite on Wednesday. I thought it was a good show. We'll get to that shortly. But, um, you know, when it comes to negative criticism... He gets bothered by it, and any normal person would be, and I get it, but some of the stuff that he's saying just isn't even true. The gender stuff is true. What I'm saying is, what he said on Twitter the other day was not incorrect. He was a thousand percent correct. But, like, the way he seemingly, like, flips out about it, it's just unbefitting and uncharacteristic, I think, of a CEO of a company. It's just not a good look, because anyone who says, oh, it's funny, I mean, I don't really see why people are making a big deal out of it, he can tweet whatever he wants, it's his company... You said it yourself, dude. You don't see many other executives doing this. And obviously, WWE has had their own issues. They're fucking petty. Vince McMahon was a sex pest, obviously. They have their own problems. But, like, as far as this sort of stuff goes, you don't really see them doing this sort of stuff. I know they did it in the Attitude Era. Eric Bischoff gave away the results to Raw. I think that's dumb, too. Um, that was also just a different time. There's no reason to recreate that. And I think anyone saying, oh, you want to recreate the Attitude Era, but you don't want this sort of stuff. I don't want any of that stuff. Leave that stuff in 99. I don't want that bullshit. Um, I I think it's just a bad look for the company because again, anyone saying, oh, it's funny. I don't know why people are so concerned about it. I don't work there myself, but I do know for a fact there are people that work there in that company that see this activity from their boss and think, This is embarrassing. It's a bad look for us because it makes everyone else on the roster look Bush League. That he's talking about booking stuff. He's talking about booking crap. About, oh, Jinder hasn't won matches in two. What do you, this is all, it's all fake. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm complaining about it, but we're assessing the product. And I know he is as well but he's the executive of the, of the other company. Like, that doesn't even make the slightest bit of sense. Imagine if I brought up this sort of logic to Triple H and compared it to AEW during a press scrum. He'd be laughed out of the room. Like, they don't give a fuck. I don't know. I could see why he gets so bothered by it, but I just feel like he should stop once in a while because it's just not a good look for the product. And he's guilty of the stuff that he complains about, too. I mean, I said this on Twitter, and we'll get to it a little bit later on. Sting and Darby, how have they not gone to in title shot? They're 26-0, I mean, Abaddon, I know she won a number one contenders match. She got two title matches. She faced Julia Hart at World's End, I know. But she faced Takura Shida before that on a collision that I was at, actually, in Connecticut a couple months ago. She became number one contender the night before after not being on TV for a year or two. A year or two! I mean, where was the where was the criticism there? You know what I mean? So, he just needs to stop once in a while. Because I feel like in the long term, again, you got to think bigger picture here it's just a really bad look for the company and it causes people to kind of lose that goodwill with the company because they just think they look bushly compared to WWE.
0: No, I completely agree. I think he just needs to get off Twitter. And like I said, it's not like... It, I just... I, it, what was said wasn't like... It wasn't like that big of a deal. Like I said, it was just a, a small little joke and he just took it too far. And I mean, the whole thing of him saying like, that he basically books off Cage Match... like Dude, it's a fucking website for Marks. Like... Like, oh, I take it real serious. Like, dude, it's people, like, it's not like it's not like the New York Post or something. Yeah. It's like a forum for wrestling fans. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like he's one of those people that thinks he can dish it but can never take a small amount of criticism. And he doesn't even take criticism he always says everything's great anyway. So he's never admitted <laughs> that anything wasn't good. Everything's always great. Um, you ask him questions, he just talks about the ratings and how great everyone is. So I just, the more I hear him talk, the more I just, the more
1: I just don't I don't care for him at all, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just hard to... And again, like you said, he seems like a really nice guy. He's passionate about the product. I'm glad there was a fan actually running a wrestling company. It's refreshing, but it kind of goes too far down the rabbit hole when it comes to stuff like this that just doesn't matter. And again, there's no issue with going back and forth with, like, subtle funny jabs. But, like, his response just seems so, one, unnecessary. And the stuff that he was talking about, he, it looked like he was stretching, to find something to complain about, is what I'm saying here. Like, it seemed like he was really going out of his way to find something about the other product that he could complain about. So he watched Raw on Monday or saw people tweeting about whatever on Monday. And he was like, oh, Jinder Mahal's their number one contender? Let's talk about that and compare it to Hook. I mean, it, it brought I mean, I don't care for gender at all. And gender kind of getting about the gender's response was really funny, saying "Who the fuck is Hook and then saying "Watch Raw Mondays at 8 because Tony kind of ends every, <laughs> every tweet with that. I I thought that was amazing. That might have been enough to make me a gender Mahal fan, if only for a little bit. Not enough to see me, uh, not enough for me to want to see him become world heavyweight champion on Monday, which we'll get to momentarily. But uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Not even the fact that he said, who the fuck is Hook? He asked, or he said at the end of it, watch (laughs) Raw Mondays at 8. Because Tony ended his initial tweet about the Hook thing and gender, saying, watch Dynamite at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays." like, what? Like, he did the same thing when he let go of Big Swole a few years ago. Again, this is far from the first instance that something like this has happened where he didn't even need to publicly comment on it, but he did. And it was like, watch Rampage this Friday at 8. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it's just not, it's not a good look. And I don't know if you don't think it's a big deal, that's your uh, that's your prerogative. But I, I just think it's a it's a bad look for the company, and it, I think it's a step backward for their CEO to be going on Twitter and complaining about wins and losses where he himself is guilty of the same thing he's complaining about. So I just it just doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, speaking of Jinder Mahal, though, we got to get into it on that same subject. On Monday, he did confront Seth Rollins. One week remo- one week removed from uh, facing off with. Um, Rollins, or rather The Rock, and Rock's return to Raw, he comes out to confront Rollins and demands an opportunity at the World Heavyweight Championship. I couldn't even tell you what they talked about on Monday. I just could not care about this at all. It was a fine segment. They set up a match, but that will be for the World Heavyweight Championship next Monday on Raw. I mean, it's not really the issue of, like, Rollins needs an opponent for the Rumble. If Rollins isn't at the Rumble, that's not really my problem. But, I mean, again, for everyone that's siding with Jinder and this whole Tony Khan thing, ironically saying that he should win the World Championship on Monday, those people need to stop because I'm hoping that that does not become a reality just because Jinder has all this buzz right now that they put the championship on him. That would be incredibly stupid. Jinder is mediocre as hell. That WWE title reign was one of the worst I've ever seen in the history of that championship. But just the pure idea of Ginger getting a world title opportunity. If they were to do the match, that's one thing. But they're making it for the championship. The guy hasn't won a match in years on television, as Tony Khan mentioned. I mean, WWE isn't out of the woods here either. That was also pretty embarrassing on Monday Night. But that's just my two cents. What about you?
0: Don't hinder gender, Put the belt on him. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. You're one of those yeah, people? I'm not going that far. <laughs> but
0: no, I think... I, think that what I, this, I mean, I'm assuming what will happen. It will be him and Ginger on Raw... There'll be some kind of interference with, like, share. They'll do the rematch at Royal Rumble. Someone easy for Rollins to beat. One, two, three, move on. I mean, I'm not really, like, into, like, yeah, should he be getting a title match? No. But do I think he's going to win? No. Should he win? No. But, I mean, I think it's something to keep Rollins busy in the interim. And, I mean, hey, his segmenting with The Rock had more ratings and had more viewers than Dynamite has in, like, three weeks combined. So, I mean, gender's a draw. It
1: is what it is. Here's my problem with it. I feel like the Raw roster is so many people you could pair him up with right now, um, that you could pair Rollins up right now. But one name that comes to mind, unless they're doing an Elimination Chamber, which I don't think they are, and I, I could be wrong, is Bronson Reed. I mean, Bronson Reed is doing nothing right now. I know he confronted Jey Uso on Raw. Cool. Finally gets to step up in competition. That could be a good match. I don't know if they're doing it on Monday's Raw or another time. I don't know. But Bronson Reed was right there. He's been directionless for a year now. And I know people are going to say, oh, but if they did Reed, then you would complain that he lost in two weeks. I mean, not necessarily. It's better than doing nothing. It's better than him being on fucking main event facing Javier Bernal from NXT. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's so many people on that Raw roster that I feel like could have worked better than Jinder Mahal is my point. I know Jinder's coming off the segment with The Rock. And I know he has some momentum there, and people are talking about Jinder. I mean, this was before the whole Tony Khan thing, so it's not like that happened and they put him in the ring with Rollins because he was trending. Um, Gunter, you weren't going to do that; should be saved for another time. But like, you may not have, a, uh, you may not agree, but even someone like a Ricochet, I would rather see in there than Rollins, just because he's won more matches, he's been more relevant in the past year than Jinder Maul. Even like a Chad Gable, dude. I mean, there were other options, or like. Dominic, maybe? I don't know. There were other options than doing for the millionth, not for the millionth time, but putting Jinder in there. I just feel like that just doesn't make much sense, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd, if you said Bronson Reed, I wouldn't be against that, but I also think it's one of those things they probably don't want him losing. I mean, he's only lost one singles match in the last couple of months, and that was the Gunther for the title. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that makes sense yeah. to a point. Like I said, maybe they're waiting to do that at elimination Chamber. Um, but, I mean, like I said, I don't really have a big deal with it because I don't think he's going to win, and like I said, I'd, I'd rather hold off on Bronson. Um, I mean, I think he's going to lose in the end anyway, so I, I guess you're just kind of delaying the inevitable, but um, obviously that shows in Australia where he's from, so it makes maybe it props up a little bit more, but, with, like I said, I just... If if I thought there was a chance Jinder was going to win, I'd say this is fucking stupid, but I don't think there's any chance he wins, so to me, it, it, it's just like... Why build up Jinder on TV just to lose the all? It's like, they, they used to build all these heels up just to lose. Like they don't even have to build them up. We already know he's gonna lose.
1: I mean, why even bother building up anyone? Jinder can get a championship shot out of nowhere. So what's the point?
0: Yeah, Jay Uso got a title shot. and He hasn't won a match on TV in like four months.
1: Yeah, correct. That was also problematic. <laughs> that 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 is very true. But at least he's over though.
0: Okay, but it's just the same
1: concept. No, I agree. It's the same thing. I think they need to build these people up better. WWE has an issue with that. Where are these people... I mean, at least The Miz, for example. The guy didn't win in ages. But at least when he got his title shot, he also won a number one contenders match. The same way Abaddon got a title shot by winning a number one contenders match. At least Miz was on TV. Abaddon was not. But it's different... That's a different conversation. Um... But I guess, again, it just doesn't check a lot of boxes for me because I feel like if there were other people on the Raw roster you could have put in the ring with Rollins that would have made for a better feud, mini-feud, and a better match, I would have just done that. Because I just feel like the feud isn't interesting, the Mahal character isn't interesting, the match won't be interesting. At least if you put one of the other people on there that are also equally as big of losers as Jinder is, I mean, probably a little less so, like Ricochet. The guy's a hes a jobber. I mean, he's not a jobber, but like, he hasn't been on the show in weeks. Doesn't win a lot of matches, that matter. I get it. But he also went in there and had a really good match with Logan Paul at SummerSlam last year. And he's been on TV enough where I would rather see him and Rollins for the first time one-on-one and then like, an attraction to the Rumble. You know Ricochet's not winning. We know Ginder's probably not winning either, obviously. Um, but I'd rather see that than... I just, I, and it's not like an agenda towards Jinder. I just don't think he's that good. Like, we've been down this road with Jinder before, and it's never, ever worked. And it's not going to work in 2024 either. He gets heat cool. When the bell rings, people fall asleep. I was there when he faced Drew at SummerSlam. No one cared a couple of years ago. I don't know. I just feel like there were better options than him. It's not the end of the world, but I just saw that on Monday, and I'm not just coming on here to shit on Tony Khan, like, oh, his logic is, you know, he, he's wrong. No, no, he's right, but I, I wish they had done a better, uh, better challenger, I guess, than, than Jinder Mall because there were better options, in my opinion, but I'm ready to, uh, you know, go to sleep when that match starts on Monday because I'm sure it's going to be an all-out banger. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're just going to go out there and have an amazing match. I I can almost guarantee it. She's um, so
0: negative.
1: <laughs> I know. It sounds like I absolutely hate the dude, and it's the same thing. I mean, I don't think Tony Khan doesn't like Jinder Mahal. I think he just had an issue with his booking, as do I. I mean, I don't care for Jinder at all. I'm sure the guy's a decent guy, but um, <laughs> they've made him out. I mean, that's that's the, I, I know that's a cop-out answer, but um, he's just boring. He's just boring. He's not interesting. The matches suck. I mean, does anyone actually care about his title reign from seven years ago? That was absolutely awful and dragged SmackDown into a fucking hole that it took forever to get out of. I mean, it's facts are facts. But also from Raw Monday Night, I um, do have to mention this. A great segment to start the show. I mentioned the Rollins and stuff, not really being for me personally. But um, the opening segment and the closing segment were the best parts of the show in Portland, Punk and McIntyre having a great exchange, seemingly to me setting the stage for a potential matchup at Elimination Chamber in Perth. Did you get that same vibe from it as well coming off that Punk-McIntyre exchange on Monday night?
0: Yeah, I think there'll be some kind of dust-up in the Rumble and then, like said, something at, at Elimination Chamber in Perth. I thought it was probably one of the best openings to run in a long time.
1: Yeah, it was excellent. Just talk about what about it you really liked and uh, where you could see this going heading into the match at Elimination Chamber. I mean, I know Drew, he has not signed a new contract as of right now, so they're just kind of using him to put over, you know, people like Jay Uso. I mean, he hasn't Jay hasn't beaten him, but he was working with Jay. He worked with Rollins. He put over Gunther and all these other sort of people. Uh, he's probably going to put over Punk and maybe even Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Uh, but I think this is a perfect use of McIntyre, and uh, I don't know. I just really like the segment.
0: Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked how it started. Like, he was already in the ring, cut off, like, the intro of the show. Yep. That was nice. I not have to worry about, like, him walking out there and taking, like, 20 minutes to get to the ring. Uh, I feel like he, like, made, like, legit points. Um, a little, like, to inside baseball. Called Punk out. Punk came out. They kind of went back and forth. Kind of used, like, a mix of real life and storyline, which always feels better. Um, I feel like they had good chemistry, and I just felt like it was a... Really good segment to start the show off,
1: honestly. Yeah, merging the storyline with reality is always... uh, Blurring those lines, I think, is always an effective way of uh, creating interest and generating interest in these storylines. I thought they did a very effective job of that. So, I'm looking forward to the eventual match. Like you said, I think they will interact in the Rumble. Is it safe to say that we're probably getting... I know I answered this on Hashtag on Wednesday. But do you think it's safe to say we're probably getting a final three of Drew... Cody, and um, Punk in the Royal Rumble? I know that's no, no SmackDown stars, but whatever. I just feel like those final three make sense.
0: Yeah, it makes sense for them. I mean, you made a good point. Like, SmackDown, all the good big guys that probably be there are going to be in the title match. I think there's a chance they could also be in the Rumble as well. Because, um, I mean, that's four more, three other guys you have to replace, and I mean, who else are you going to replace them with that actually belong in the match? So we'll see. I think those three do make sense. Um... So, I mean, I think either Punk or Cody wins, no chance Drew wins, but uh, I think it would be a nice, like, three people left.
1: I agree. So in addition to Punk and McIntyre probably at Elimination Chamber in what would be Punk's, um, you know, farewell, no, not farewell, his uh, uh, official introduction back to singles interaction in WWE, we're likely also going to get a uh, World Women's Championship match on that show with Rhea Ripley coming home to Perth, the Australia Hero, blah, blah, blah. At one point, I thought we were going to maybe get Rhea and Liv on that show, and we still could, or Rhea and Becky, before they face off at Mania. I I still feel like that's the Mania match. They could have a match first in Australia, Rhea wins, and then Rhea loses to Becky at WrestleMania. Um, But coming off of Monday, never thought I would say this, I think Rhea and Nia Jax is the match to do. Nia Jax is getting good heat right now. They built her up well, and they had a pretty good exchange with Rhea just coming across like a total superstar. And I think WWE deserves some credit here. For creating a genuine star in Rhea Ripley, starting from scratch with her in NXT, having her dominate NXT, NXT UK, winning all the championships, the tag team division, turning her heel, and now she's really excelling in that role. And she feels like one of the biggest stars they have, male or female, in the entire company right now.
0: Yeah, they've done a good job with her. I also just feel like a great heel turns into a great baby face eventually, and I feel like... Yeah, she is a heel, but she's clearly just the pops and reactions she's getting lately. It's like basically turning her baby face. I think putting her with Nia here, um, especially being she's going home. I mean, she's clearly going to get cheered over Nia anyways, Um, even in the United States. But there she'll definitely be like an over baby face. But like you said, besides, honestly, probably Roman. I'd probably go as far as they, besides Roman, she's probably has the biggest star feel out of everyone else that's there. Wow! I just feel like when she comes out, like you, anyone can see her and see like, oh, this girl's a star. Like, mm-hmm. even like, yeah, Cody and stuff. But I don't know, she just has the aura around her. Like, I brought, I've seen like casual people. I have even brought casual people to wrestling or watch wrestling, and I'm like, oh, she must be a big deal. Like, I don't know, she just has that star mentality, mm-hmm. especially when she comes out and the look and the presentation that. They said, besides Roman, I think, I think she's the biggest star they have right
1: now. Wow, that's a, that's a bold claim. And I mean, you're not exactly wrong either. I mean, I would definitely agree with that if you uh, compare to everyone else in the company. I mean, she definitely comes across like a total star every time she comes out there. And it got me thinking the other day while watching Raw. We don't know when this Judgment Day thing is going to end. And it was teased for a while. And maybe Priest will break away and be the baby face. And he still could be. Do you think coming out of WrestleMania would be wise? I mean, it, she's probably not walking out of Mania where she won the championship in the first place a year ago to Charlotte Flair, again, Charlotte Flair. Do you think that coming out of WrestleMania, she could be the breakout baby face of Judgment Day? I mean, the thing is, the group revolves around her. So if she leaves the group, the group seems to be done, is kind of the problem, which might be fine because they've kind of, you know, by that point, they would have been around for two years. and That might be two years too long, whatever. Um, and they've been a great group, but that might be the time to kind of wrap it up do you think Rhea Ripley could be the biggest breakout babyface of that group, if not, you know, Finn Balor or Damian Priest or someone else?
0: I mean, she's easily, I think, going to be the big. If you're going to say a babyface, it's easily her yeah. of all of them. I think the problem with Priest, I guess you could say him and Finn, at least Priest, I just feel like they're kind of just, like, twisting in the wind right now, um, them two specifically. I mean, they have the tag belts. The division really isn't – they really haven't done anything with them either. I mean, I guess they're doing the whole R-Truth thing. Um. But if you're gonna stay after WrestleMania, I feel like she's easily the break, breakout star. Even Do- I put Dominic before them too. Um, oh yeah, no, just... br-
1: yeah, breakout star. Yeah, I'm am t- just talking about breakout babyface specifically. Oh
0: yeah, definitely. Rhea. I mean, I feel like at that point she's at this point she's almost there. Like they're basically like, turning her face like the fans are. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, eventually once they lose, I feel like or she loses, the group's gonna disband and she'll go on her own.
1: I could see it coming as soon as right up to WrestleMania. If she loses to Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, maybe that's the final piece. That causes them to kind of uh, cause the rift and they don't want to take orders from her anymore. And she, I mean, the problem is, what's the end game there? I mean, maybe they just go their separate ways and that's it. Cause it's not like Finn Balor is going to face Rhea Ripley. I mean, they're not going to have a match. So she would probably just dump them and then move off on her own. Um, speaking of Priest, we did our 2024 predictions last week. One thing I forgot to ask you Do you think Damian Priest ultimately does cash in successfully that Money in the Bank briefcase? Or what do you think happens with that and when they would cash that in?
0: Yeah, it all really depends on who's the champion at the time. I feel like he should cash in and successfully cash in. I just feel like with him specifically, if he didn't cash in successfully, it just would would not be good for his career. Um, I also
1: just don't think it'd be good for the briefcase, which has been completely destroyed in the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, I would say the same thing. I just feel like it would not be well, so... Um yeah, I think he needs to cash in. I just also, like, he's not over to the point. I feel like some people, like, he's not over to the point that, like, Jay Uso can lose every game, every match, and people still, like, like him. He's not, like, he need to be, like, he's not bulletproof, I guess, is the yeah, best way to put it. Enough. So, if he lost, if he cashed in and lost, it'd just be, like, people would just move on from him. Like, it'd be like, oh, oh well. That's
1: damaging, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so I, I think if he cashed in, he needs to win.
1: I'm going to say he will cash in successfully, and I'm going to say it happens after WrestleMania. I don't think it happens at WrestleMania. I think we could see a scenario where Rollins retains maybe. I mean, Punk would win too. Either way, I think coming out of WrestleMania, Priest will cash in and become champion. I just don't think it does the briefcase any good. If you had Theory cash in on a mid-card title and lose, that was terrible. Um, you did that last year. 2021, I know they had Big E cash in successfully. That was a good one. But before that, it was like The Miz and Otis, that was the disaster. I and mean, Miz cashed in successfully, but um, it, they should have never put it on him in the first place. He was he held the belt for eight days, and Otis should have never won it. And you have Corbin, you got Brock, you got Braun. A lot of those people failed as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he does got to cash in successfully. Could you see a scenario, and I've brought this up before, where he holds the contract until money the bank itself? We've never seen that before, where someone has actually cashed in at the same show, that they won it not in the same night I'm talking a year later I feel like that'd be an interesting concept worth exploring
0: yeah no I think I think you wait honestly at this point like they have he's gone so far I think waiting till Money in the Bank would be pretty cool like it hasn't been done yet um so I think Kelly like said I just think the the most important part is he needs to cash out in
1: one. Yeah, I know that's not for another six months and anything can change between now and then. But I feel like it would be uh you know something worth doing because they've never done it before and they they've done pretty much everything with that briefcase including cashing in it at WrestleMania or mid match and stuff like that. So I would just I would just do it um you know in the match at, uh, or in a match rather at Money in the Bank maybe he announces it ahead of time and he's a babyface by that point. I'm not sure, but that's what I would do personally. Um, any thoughts on Cody Rhodes beating Shinsuke Nakamura in the now-made street fight in the Raw main event, which I thought was pretty entertaining overall?
0: It was good. I think Cody winning was the right the right move. Um, I mean, like you said, building Shinsuke up just to keep losing, I'm not sure exactly how far that'll get him. Um, but I think Cody winning made the most sense, and we'll see what happens next with Shinsuke. I don't really know what you do with him next, but I'm glad Cody won because that's what should happen.
1: That's the issue with Nakamura, I think. I think he's been doing great work as a heel, but he gets into a certain pattern where if you lose enough feuds, then it's going to be impossible to take the guy seriously. Like, he lost to Rollins enough times, He's lost to Cody a few times now. I think he's doing great work, but it's going to ultimately mean nothing if he just continues to lose whenever matters most. Like, he has to pick up a big win in a feud at some point. And I'm not talking against about, like, oh, I'm not talking about, like, against Alpha Academy or something like that. I'm talking against a notable name, from either the Raw or SmackDown roster. Who that would be, I'm not sure, but he needs to beat someone at some point if he wants to maintain any shred of credibility he has left. But I did enjoy the match, though. Cody Rhodes winning was the only outcome that made sense. Um, Last couple things from AEW's Dynamite on Wednesday night in Daly's Place. We did get a pretty good idea of what the AEW World Championship picture is going to be looking like going forward into Revolution with Swerve Strickland and Adam Page confronting Samoa Joe on Wednesday. I know Hook also confronted Joe. That match is going down for the championship, as we found out from Tony Khan, uh, next Monday, or next Wednesday, rather, on Dynamite. But I really like the idea of doing Joe, Swerve, and Page at Revolution because I think you can save Swerve's big title win for another time. He can win it one-on-one at another time, maybe a double or nothing, It extends Joe's title run, and it gets Swerve and Page back in the ring together, which I feel like it's too soon for, but it does prevent... I mean, Paige could get the... Could eat the loss, and it protects Swerve. So I actually really like the idea of a uh, triple threat at the Revolution show for the championship. What say you?
0: Yeah, I like that. I just think at the end, who should take the belt off Joe needs to be Swerve. He is so over at this point. It'd be a massive mistake not to put the belt on him. I mean... I feel like he probably should have beat... Should have beat MGF to begin with at this point. I mean, I like... Joe, and I feel like you could have got but, like, Swerve is so fucking over. The quote GSM, you strike when the iron's hot, and it's it's burning at this point.
1: Yeah, no, he's really over right now. He's getting great reactions week after week. He's racking up wins, and, uh, again, for all the faults that AWS creatively that we point out and other people point out, they've done a great job with Swerve, and uh, they got to put the championship on him. I would not be opposed to them doing it, though, at double or nothing. I know what you're saying, strike when the iron is hot. I feel like it would still be hot by double Or nothing. Beyond that, it might be pushing it. Um, I just want to see Joe get a decent run. Because, like, the TNT title, he only held for, like, a couple of months or a couple of weeks, month, or whatever it was. He didn't hold it for very long. He deserves this run. I thought he came across great in that segment on Wednesday. He comes out looking like a star. I'm glad he finally got a world championship run. Uh, Swerve, you can hold off on it until double or nothing, but... After that, it would just be ridiculous if he's not the champion by that point. Is he a guy that you turn babyface? We talk about, like, Rhea Ripley turning babyface because she's such a star, getting great reactions. Swerve is the same thing. People are really behind him right now. Do you ultimately turn him babyface coming out of this feud? Maybe going into a singles match with Joe at some point?
0: Yeah, I would. I would turn him him face and get him away from, like, Brian Cage and uh, the Gates of Agony. I don't think he really... I think... He's so above, above them, it's like. Yeah, he definitely doesn't even align with him at this point.
1: Yeah, I know you don't care for the Prince Nana thing. I know he's a part of the act, and he's really over as it is with the dance and whatever. I would keep them together, but I think Brian Cage and Gates of Agony serve no purpose.
0: Yeah, I'd keep Nana with them. Like I said, I, I mean, people like literally like pull their pants off for the dancing. It's it is what it is. <laughs> um But I I would I'd keep Nana with them, but. The other
1: three need to go. <laughs> what, we can't bring back uh, Parker Bordreau and uh, Mogul affiliates. Why not?
0: Bring Rick Roth back so they can hear him say <laughs> big motherfucker
1: on TV again. That's all <laughs> I need. That was great. Yeah, no. they Keep that shit in uh, 2022 or whenever it happened. That that shit was terrible. Uh, one more thing from Dynamite in the main event. We had a Texas Tornado match stinging Darby Allen, facing and beating the duo of Powerhouse Hobbs and Kanosuke Takeshka in a tag team match. Uh, Easy win for them. Tony Schiavone asking Sting afterward, who do you want to face in your retirement match at Revolution? And out come the returning Young Bucks. We have not seen since Full Gear when they lost to, uh, what was their name? The Golden Jets. Jericho and Tony Omega. Yeah, awful. Um, I I know there was significance behind it, but I'm just kind of done with Jericho right now. Most people are. He got, like you mentioned before we hit record here, he came out for that segment on Wednesday, and they played his music the whole time, probably to drown out any potential boos, which was really funny. Um, but yeah, so we haven't seen them since full gear. They're back now with a new look, again, and their heels, officially. So the word on the street is, per Fightful, that Sting wanted to face the Bucks in his final match. The Bu- it's not really a match that interests me or excites me personally. It is a big match because the Bucks are an actual team, I get that they're a top tag team in that company. I get it. So Sting facing them, even if it's—I mean, it's not like he said he wants to face the Iron Savages. Like this is an actual team, like a top team. It makes sense. I'm honestly fine with the match because it does feel like an attraction to a certain extent. My only issue with it was that he's not him and Darby are not challenging for the tag team titles seemingly before the pay per view or at the pay per view, unless they put the bucks on, they put the belts on the bucks before then, which. I guess they could, but the current champs are Ricky and Big Bill, so I don't think the Bucks are going to beat them for the championships. I mean, I guess they could, but that would feel a little rushed. I just don't think you can have Tony Khan going on Twitter complaining of a win-loss is not making sense, and then having Sting and Darby not challenge for a single championship in their three years together because they're undefeated. What, because they don't want to have Sting lose? I mean, I get that, but that at least explain why he's not getting a title shot. That, to me, doesn't make sense. But Sting and Darby versus the Bucs, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, I think if you're going to complain about wins and losses, the fact that Darby and Sting have not got a title shot makes legit no sense. Like you said, I think they're 26-0 um, in tag team matches. So, like you said, I said, I wouldn't expect them to put the belts on the Bucs, like you said, as well. Um, Big Bill and, and Stark seemingly, seemingly are in a different direction. They're heels as well. Um, so, I don't see them facing the Bucs anytime soon. Um but, I mean, if that's what Sting wants, then that's fine. Um, and, and we'll see what happens from
1: there. The undefeated streak thing, I'm glad they're going into that match undefeated. But it just doesn't make a whole lot of... Like, no one was really talking about the fact, and I don't know if everyone, anyone even really knew, that Sting was undefeated prior to recently. So if they had him lose the tag team title shot on TV with Darby or at a pay-per-view, I don't think people would have really batted an eyelash. It would have made the retirement tour... It wouldn't have made it mean any less, is my point. So I don't know why they just couldn't have done it because I had a lot of people telling me yesterday, well, it's because they didn't want Sting to lose. Okay, then you do it in the final match and you put the belts in the box ahead of time. I mean, well, the Bucs aren't currently... They went away. They had a title shot. The Bucs were number one contenders for like two months. They lost the title shot to a team that is no longer around. And I know they couldn't plan for that because Omega got diverticulitis or whatever a couple months ago. So he hasn't been around. Um, but you could have put the belts in the box, which I don't really care about. But I'm saying, but you could have done that to set up this match for the... I mean, I don't know. It's a match. It is a match. Like I said, it's an attraction to a certain extent. But I just think you could have made the match mean more because, yeah, it's stings retirement. That alone sells itself. But if you really want to add some stakes, because it doesn't matter whether he wins or loses. If you want to add some stakes, he goes into it either as the defending or the challenger for the tag team titles. I feel like you could have you know, up the ante a little bit more. But, again, we're two months out from Revolution. Maybe they add the tag team titles in there somewhere. Maybe Sting and Darby become champions before Revolution. It's hard to say.
0: Yeah, it's possible. Um,
1: I I know you're not high on that, though, because then they would have to do a whole other turn of the crown new champions or whatever.
0: And then, like you said, then you put the belts in the box. It's not like they're getting, like, this huge rub from beating Sting and Darby, who haven't lost yet. Well,
1: Well, if you put the belts in the box... Beforehand, they would lose. I, I think Sting can retire as champion, and I'm okay with that. But I know you probably have a different mindset on that.
0: No, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it does. I, I mean, not. That, I, like I said, I, I don't think it really matters either way.
1: I don't want Bucks to beat Sting and Darby. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The guy's retiring, but um, you know, the Bucks beating Sting and Darby, they're gonna boast about it for a month or whatever. Oh, we beat Sting in his retirement. Blah blah blah. I don't know. I just don't really. It's just the Bucks with me right now. They don't have go away heat because they are a talented team. I know you're not a Bucks fan at all, but there's just they've done everything in that company between holding the belts, the six man belts, baby faces, heels, reunite the elite, break up the elite. There's just nothing involving them right now going forward that interests me in the slightest. This included, but I'm just saying after that, even if they win and they win that match, I just don't know what you do with them from there.
0: No, I've said this before. I feel like they're so cold at this point. So cold. It's they've just done like you said. The problem is they've done everything. And this, like, kind of, like, points out, like, the whole, how can I miss you if you don't go away? But they, like, leave for a couple months and then come back. But, like, that's, like, what the territory system was. Like, once you got steel in a, in a territory, you left and went somewhere else. Like, when you're doing the same thing in the same company for so long, you yeah, know, they flip-flop babyface and heal like, five, six times. Okay, but it's, at the end of the day, it's still them. So, I, I, just, I just, they haven't really, really invented themselves. They've been the same team for the last 20 years, so it's not even like they changed their character at all they're still the same guys. so I don't know I, I feel like like I said the coolest they've been in since they joined AEW and I just don't like I said winning the loss I really don't even know what you do with them next
1: I don't know how you heat them back up I mean this is one way to do it maybe but I just don't even think this would accomplish that I just I don't know and you could also say the same thing like oh what about the Usos and the New Day but at least they're doing different stuff like they broke up the Usos J. Uso's thriving right now the New Day do their own thing in singles from time to time as well. Uh, they're still too, but at least they do their own thing in singles. I don't really care to see Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson have a singles run, so they're stuck as a tag team. They're a great tag team, I think, but I don't really know what else you do with them beyond this little feud. I mean, it gives them something to do for the foreseeable future, but beyond that, I don't really know where they go from there, but I do think it's a fine attraction for Revolution that'll also probably feature the three-way that I mentioned, and Will Ospreay's probably debut match one-on-one as an official member of the AEW roster, hopefully against Brian Danielson, a lot of matches they could set up for that show. But we'll get to it when we get to it. A lot more to discuss next week here on the show. New episodes every single Thursday, every single week here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss new episodes every single week. Uh, have a great weekend, Mr. Marcel. I'll catch you next Thursday or Friday whenever we check out. All right, sounds good, bro. See you, bro, Enjoy.
0: Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio.